Welcome to the Tell It As It Is podcast, your home for everything Colorado Avalanche on the Hockey Podcast Network. Here's your hosts, Griffin Youngs and Christian Boulay. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Griffin Youngs, joined by Christian Boulay, as always. And today we're, we're doing something a little bit different this time. We've got ourselves a two-part episode. Right now, it is before our game against the Calgary Flames tonight on Sunday, March 13th. Because there's, you know, Christian, is there anything to talk about with the Avalanche recently? You know, I've just, it's, been, it's been real quiet the last couple yeah. of days. We, it was one of the quietest two days off we've probably had in recent Avs history. Yeah, I mean, like, the, there's a Carolina game. You know, I don't really I don't really remember anything too important happening in that game. I guess we can just skip it. And I guess there was really uh, – we're just kind of here right now. We're just doing a two-parter for fun, I guess, yeah. that we're expecting to eventually lead into, like, a two-hour episode. Yeah, I mean, I I'm actually good now. If you if you just want to call it quits, we can just yeah. All right, so I think we're good. There's really nothing to talk about. Yeah. So again, thank you so much, everyone, for listening, and uh, catch you all <laughs> next time when we talk about the Flames. Yeah, well, this is the first part. Uh, get ready for the second part. All right, again, thanks everyone. <laughs> uh, DraftKings promo code. Check that out too. Contractual obligation stuff like that. Catch you all next time. All right. Uh, jokes aside, a lot has fucking happened with the abs. Yeah. I mean. This is probably going to be one of our most jam-packed episodes of the season, probably until the trade deadline, and then definitely into the playoffs as well, because the Carolina game was a fantastic game for both sides that is unfortunately ruined by officiating, which we will touch on. Uh, Pavel Francouz gets a two-year extension for $2 million apiece. Gabe Landeskog is likely out until the playoffs after getting knee surgery. And Sam Gerrard is out four to weeks, four weeks with a lower body injury, which we talked briefly on, but we just didn't know the timetable until now. So a couple of things have happened. Just a a few, you know, just a few, just a few. Like it's been, I remember I, I, I joked, I tweeted this out. I, I took a 20 minute nap on Saturday and all hell broke loose. No, like, no, it was 20 minutes. I took a nap and I woke up to like five text messages from you. I was like, what the fuck happened, man? And yeah, there was a lot that happened. Um, but I guess we, we can start with that Carolina uh, Avs game. I know the Avs lost, but they played a really fucking good hockey game. A really good hockey game. I have absolutely no complaints with how they played that game. Maybe, maybe outside of the first 10 minutes, the first 10 minutes, Carolina dominated this game. Since then, I thought in the second period, we dominated and the third period, back and forth, back and forth between two of the best teams in the National Hockey League with the Avalanche defense decimated to kingdom come with only really Taze and McCarr playing essentially every minute. You're relying on Eric Johnson and Jack Johnson. I thought they played fantastic. I thought Antti Ranta played out of his mind, obviously, because he shut him out. And Darcy Kemper had an outstanding game. And I really, really wish that we could just talk about how great this game was 
and how Carolina just got lucky first before we did. They got a bounce to go their way. Unfortunately, as it is way too often in the NHL, this game was marred by officiating, which is unfortunate. And I think Landis Gog said it best in his post-game comments where he criticized the officiating. We'll talk about why. He said he thought the officials had a great 50 minutes. And we did a live stream for this game. We both said at several points during this game, wow, they're really letting some stuff go, but it's on both sides. So it's fair. That's fine. And then it just wasn't anymore. Yeah. The last 10 minutes, I don't know why they all of a sudden started calling things more closely. Um, For one side, at least. For one side, the Hurricanes have, what, four power plays in the third period? They had four power plays in the third period. And to be fair, at that point, we had three up to that point to Carolina's one. So, you know, okay, there was a little bit of evening out that was going on. But the calls that were made here did not make a ton of sense. And the calls that they missed against Carolina, like, I just don't know how that happens. Yeah, I don't know how it happens either, man. Um, We the play we're talking about that really started to spur the whole thing. It's tied zero, zero with what, like six minutes left in the third. Yeah. Like it, it had been a fantastic hockey game, a, def- a uh, defensive and goaltending duel, duel until the I final mean, six minutes of this game. Yeah. The final six minutes. Um, and it's Nazem Kadri is at the blue line. He clearly gets hooked. You could call a hook or a trip. Um, goes down, le- goes Hawk down goes the other way. Like it was clearly a penalty like that. That should have been a call. I know that it's late in the game and they don't want to call it, but that one was pretty blatant. Um, And it goes down. The Hurricanes looked like maybe they were off sides. We never really saw a definitive camera angle. I looked at it a little closer. He looked like he might have just barely been on the side. And I said this on the stream. If the video guys were sure he was offside, they would have challenged it. And they they obviously told Bednar no. If they even had the slightest doubt that he was offside in a one-goal game with six minutes left, they would have challenged it. Yeah, they would have challenged it. Um, he's maybe offsides. The shot gets dumped in. Darcy tries to clear it. It's kept in at the point by Ethan Bear. He f- shoots it like from his bench, basically, inside the blue line. It bounces off an Avs player, bounces off the ice, and goes into the net. Yeah, And I just I, I thought it was comedy because – we have been talking on the live stream, like this has been a great game, but it's going to be a lucky goal that wins it. For the oh team. yeah. Coming, coming into the third, my exact quote was whoever, whichever team gets lucky first is winning this game. They're both playing great. We've hit some posts. Kemper's made some outstanding glove saves. And so is Ranta. This can go either way. These are two equally matched teams. Whoever gets the luckiest bounce first wins. And that's exactly what happened. My problem is not with the lucky bounce. And I know it's not with you either. The problem is the call they missed on Nazem Kadri. And it's, it's not just that call in a vacuum because a couple minutes prior as well, they called Nazem Kadri, or I guess seven minutes Kadri. prior. Yeah, they was Kadri. They called Nazem Kadri for high sticking on Nino Niederreiter. I mean, you can't script this stuff because he does that. And the Niederreiter hooks and trips him seven minutes later. They ignore it. And the thing was is that we, they didn't really show good replays on this cadre penalty. So it looks like he does high stick him in the face, but Niederreiter flops to the ground oh, in and pain and like embellishes the shit out of him. Embellished like crazy. I mean, if, if Kadri hit him in the face, it's a high stick, but he, he definitely sold that a little bit. And this is what Landis Gog was talking about. They didn't like this one on the bench because they thought he flopped and the ref said, well, it's still high sticking. Okay. 
So now we fast forward to, to this point in the game. Kadri gets hooked and they don't call it. And then we're arguing with them after the goal scored. And they're saying, well, he sold it. So, <laughs> so what's, the, what's the standard here? I thought, I thought it was still a penalty anyway, according to literally seven minutes ago. There is no consistent standard. It leads to the game-winning goal. And the part, like, I was literally covering my mouth on the live stream because I was about to fly off the fucking handle. Immediately after that goal is scored, Ethan Bear puts them up one nothing with six minutes left. They call Devontae's for slashing 20 seconds later and put us on the penalty kill with five minutes left of the game. <laughs> it would have made more sense. Like now that we knew that Taves penalty happened, I, I would have challenged the outsides. Yeah, that, like, that's the whole reason why you don't, because you don't want a two minute penalty. So the fact that they let that one go and then immediately put Taves in the box, uh, th- that felt vindictive. To oh, me. Yeah. And that's like, okay, you are actively trying to influence this game right now because we pissed you off. Yeah. And then they throw Landis Gog out with about a minute left because he told, I think it was TJ Luxmore that he, that he was having a rough night and they threw him out for that. And then, and then gave them a, a misconduct penalty and then a power play for the final minute of the game. It was so funny, dude. <laughs> you would expect him to like curse him. I just say, Hey, you're having a bad game. Right. When he got thrown out, I thought he would totally like you fucking idiot. You're doing a fucking terrible job. Get the hell out of here. He's like, Oh, you're having a rough night. You're having a rough <laughs> night, bud. <laughs> yeah. And then Luxmore threw him out. It's so but, funny, dude. And this like, all happened in the span of six minutes. Yeah. And it just sucks, man, because it was a fantastic game of hockey. Like that was a great game. And it, it was great for a two nothing game. Like there was so much action. Um, I thought the abs responded very well after they collapsed against New Jersey. Um, they were extremely unlucky in the second period. I think McKinnon had a couple chances. We hit the post a couple times. Yeah, like Rantanen rang some off the post. McKinnon had some great play. I mean, anti Ranta, one of his best games in years. This is something I didn't even notice until we were like in the third period. This was Kemper versus Ranta. This was the yeah. Arizona tandem from last year. But again, in back on track, it's like you said, honestly, I'd be willing to consider this one of their best processes of the season. Yeah, like the fundamentals were there. The decor, a very maligned decor, I thought played the first 10 minutes they were getting the legs under him. But once they got the legs under him, they played really well. Yes, um, they did. It, it was a good game for the Avalanche. And I know we lost. It, it, it's still a loss, and they've lost three of five. Um, four, four of five. Four or five. Excuse yeah. me. I thought You're this not was panicking the hard game. enough, Christian. Yeah. Panic yeah. harder. I thought that was the best game they've played all of March. Without a doubt. Yeah, yeah, not even close. I thought this was one of their best games they've played since Vegas. Yeah. Like, t- take your was, pick as to which one. Yeah, it was fantastic. Um, I took a lot of positives from it, but it just sucks because you could have easily called Nazem Kadri or called that penalty on Nino Niederreiter, and we're talking it's still probably 0-0. Um, it, was, it was tough. I mean, I still, I still feel good coming out of that game. Um, it just sucks that officiating had to play such a big part at the end. Yeah, because because look at what we've talked about so far. We've only really talked about the officiating, and it took away from, like I said, one of the more entertaining games of the season because this game was razor close. Carolina definitely had the edge in the first period. We definitely had the edge in the second period. And the third was just about entirely even. And the only goal that was scored on a goalie was a shot from the boards that hit an Av 
bounced off the ice and then skipped up back just inside the post. Yeah. That's, that is what beat a goalie in this game out of the, what was it? 60 something shots. The set, the 70, 73 shots in this game. That was the one that went in on a goaltender. And it was, it's a shame because this, this, like you said, outstanding game. The Avalanche had a near perfect bounce. I could not have asked them to play any better oh, yeah. in this game and a bounce back from what was their worst game of the season against the Devils. And without Sam Girard, with the, their defense decimated, your second pair is Eric and Jack Johnson. And we, we ragged on Eric Johnson recently, and he played nearly 20 minutes in this. Jack Johnson again, doing everything he can. And your third pair, Ryan Murray and Curtis McDermott, that's scary. Yeah. And they played well. They, they answered did. the bell. I really don't have much to complain about here. You went up against the other best team in the NHL. This is a one versus two heavy president's trophy implications. You're on the road as well. You just couldn't beat a goalie on 36 shots against, and you rang two off the post. You played. You play this team seven times in the Stanley Cup Final. You're, it goes seven because that's yeah. how close these teams are. Even if every game is played like that, the series goes seven because that like you lose. You lose some. We've talked about a ton of these games where they play great in these playoff like games against you know Vegas and Dallas, like these super close games against good teams, and they win most of the time. You can't win all of them. Can't win all of them. I mean, there's a couple teams. Who are they saying? Uh was on broadcast that they, it was the flyers. The flyers have lost like 39, one goal games. If they went half of those, they're a playoff contention team. Like there's, it, there could be the opposite for the abs. If they lose all these games, then it's concerning, but they win a majority of them. Like it, you're going to lose a couple. And uh, I, I took away from that game that if they play like this against Calgary, they're going to win. Yes. In a playoff series against Calgary, you win. Yeah. That simple. You play, you play like this in the playoffs. There's I'm struggling to find a reason they don't go on to win the cup. Mm-hmm. Especially the way Darcy Kemper played too. I mean, those first 10 minutes. Under siege. Yeah. It was what, I think it was like 16 to four shots in the first period. Oh yeah. Carolina, like in the early part of this game, like you can go back and watch our live stream. Uh, we thought, Oh boy, this could be a long night. It was yeah. 11 to one in shots at one point. Yeah. They came out flying. The abs were, not good. To start. Ever, I mean, the 12 seconds in the Miko Ranson turnover to Sebastian yeah. Ajo. I was I like, we, oh no. Yeah, it's gonna be one of those days. But uh they came back. They the second period was all abs. I mean, they dominated that period. Like they were just completely unlucky in this game. It took 60 games or whatever however many games the abs have played for them to get shut out, which is pretty hilarious if you when think about was it. Was the last time we got shut out? I mean, yeah, they said I, it on the broadcast, I don't remember. I I can't it, remember. Yet. It obviously wasn't this season. And I no. cannot remember a game from last year where we got shut out. I'm going to try to find that. So yeah, you, you try out. and find it. I'll keep rambling. Um, so it, it happens sometimes. You're not going to be able to score. The goalie was fan. Uh, Antti Ranta played just a fantastic hockey game. Um, he was really good again today against Pittsburgh. They didn't get as much luck. Um, they kind of got screwed. Like they outshot Pittsburgh 42 to like 22 and still lost four to two. Um, so that's just hockey in the purest form right there. Um, but I mean, it, it was, it was okay. Like I, I, I leave that game feeling way more confident about this team than after the New Jersey game. Absolutely. And I found it February 14th, 2021, we lost one to nothing to the golden Knights. And that was, that was after we hadn't played for a week and a half because of COVID. Yeah. I remember that game. 
So that's how long it's been. It's been over a year, unless I unless I scrolled right past one, which I don't think I did. No, I don't think it's been either. a long time since this team got shut out. Yeah. So it, it was a tough loss. We bounced back. Um, we, we, we touched on the referee. I, I thought for the first time in a long time, we had a Avs player or coach finally criticize the officiating. And I know you have Landis Gog's comments in front of you, but I'll let you read them first and I'll give you my reaction. Yeah. So Landis Gog, he sits down for the post game presser and no questions are asked. He immediately goes into this. I'll, I try not to read the entire thing, but I might just because I feel like it, I feel like I feel like it's all relevant. Yeah, like, read it all, man. Gabe Landeskog is so smart and so articulate. If you ever criticize anything, not just like NHL players criticizing officiating, if you're criticizing anything, this is the way to do it. This is such a well-spoken press conference with him. Yeah, I I, I love him so much. Like I do too. the best, the best damn captain in the league. But anyway. And his whole comment is, in 11 years, I've never sat and talked about referees in a press conference ever. I think Wes and TJ Luxmore do a great job tonight for 50-some minutes of the game. They called a high stick on Nas on Nino Niederreiter, which might have been a high stick, but Niederreiter falls easy. We're arguing it's a flop. They say it's still a high stick. Fair enough. 5.50 left on the clock. Niederreiter's hooking Nas up the boards. Puck turns over. We go the other way. They score. We're arguing that it's a hook. They're saying Nas is flopping and we're arguing it's still a hook, just like they're arguing before. It's unfortunate because that's a playoff game tonight. It's unfortunate that it comes down to that. And here's where it also starts to get a little interesting. This is where he starts to really make the case for Nas. He says, whether a guy has been suspended numerous times or not, is he going to be carrying that around? Is he going to be carrying around that heavy baggage forever? I'm not saying TJ and West didn't call it for that reason, but Nas is a guy that's competitive. Whether he sold that call or not, you can look at the video and the stick is in his waist and that's why he loses the puck. I think it's unfortunate. Sometimes it's time for players to step up and speak their truth. I, I'm the one looking like an idiot for getting thrown out of the game, even though I'm just being honest. I guess TJ didn't like that I said he had a tough night. That, that sounds like a novel. And to think he didn't have like a publicist write that for him. He just came up like with the, that the fact that he, that he just came up with that on the spot. Like this yeah. was right after the game. This was like 10 minutes after the game ended, if that even. Yeah. Like the so fake, I, I, that seems like a politician statement at the end. I wish I mean? politicians talked like Gabe Landeskog does. Oh, I'd, vote, I'd vote for Gabe. Yeah, I would too. But it, it, it's true. I mean, that was really bad officiating the last 10 minutes. And they had set the standard in the, fir- like the first half of that game, three fourths of that game that, hey, we're calling it this way. And we're not going to call a lot of things, but. Okay. And we both were like, okay, cool. They aren't calling yeah, both. I said verbatim on the stream. Cool. As long as that's the standard for the rest of the game. If you're letting things go, let it go on both sides. And then they didn't. Nope, and then in the didn't. third period, it's like Gabe pointed out verbatim. The standard changed. Kadri, high sticks, Nino Niederreiter. I, again, I, had, I can't say definitively if he did or didn't because I never saw a good angle on it. Yeah. But Niederreiter goes down. They're arguing he flopped. They're saying it doesn't even matter if he did. It's still a high stick. Okay, you know what? There's really no response to that, is there? It's still a high stick. Then Niederreiter hooks Kadri coming up the boards, and that's why he loses the puck. It doesn't matter if Kadri sold it or not. It's still a hooking call, and it led to the turnover and eventually leads to the game-winning goal. That's what he's saying here. And this isn't like a broad... 
like this isn't just like a singular moment for NHL officiating. No. Oh, the last week has been fucking awful for it's been awful. And we'll dive deep into that. But I want to ask you this question because it's been trending on uh, hockey Twitter is why don't officiate officials have to talk to media? Like, like, I don't get that. Like that they must have a sweet bargaining chip with the NHL and the NHL refs association. Like they need to, and I guess other sports don't do it. Maybe baseball, baseball I know has sometimes umpires will be made available to the media, but there needs I've, to be I've never seen that. Remember, like the only reason I remember is uh, there was a perfect game ruined. Um, I like, feel like that's a very special circumstance. Yeah, but they still had to answer for it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And we know that the NFL does like the last two minute report or they do a report of missed calls um, and have the officials own up to it. The NBA does the last two minute report. Um, but the NHL does nothing. And I get there's a human element to officiating. I get it. Of course but, there is. But there needs to be some accountability for the officials because it feels like the officials get off scot-free in this. They do. Yeah. It, doesn't, it doesn't really matter how good or poor they do their job. I, I just feel like if you just had them answer questions, just like a few questions after the game, why did you make this call? What did, I'm not saying you need reporters go in there being like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. You're an idiot. Just be like, what did you see here? Why did you make this call? And can you explain the rule to us? That alone just holds them accountable a little bit because yeah. if they're wrong, they have to go up there and explain that. And I guarantee it puts a lot more care into the calls that they're making. Yeah. I don't see why it's such a, such a thing that like you can't do that to officials. Why not? They're part of the game too. And apparently they want to be part of the game if they're going to be making calls like this. So you get to, you get the same treatment as everybody else. And it's like you said, yes, you know, they're human. We all are here. We just want answers. Yeah. We make the players go up there. (laughs) Yeah. When the players have a bad night, they have to go up there. Like if, if Nathan McKinnon has a bad game in the playoffs, he has to go up there and be like, yeah, I suck tonight. And here's why every (laughs) player has to do that. And you, know, like, if, you if, think if, Nathan McKinnon wanted to go up there after that game six loss against Vegas last year? No, <laughs> no, he didn't, but he had to, cause it's part of his job. Like as much as he, we hate it and they still are expected to go up there. So I don't, I agree with you. I don't think the NHL officials need to have like a press conference where the media can hound them. I want them to have like maybe a list of like five submitted questions and be like, Hey, why'd you call this? Why'd you call this? And at least give us some context to why that call was made or not made. Like, just give us that. And then we can look at it and be like, well, they were wrong and they'll know they're wrong, but there's just nothing. There's no accountability for the officials. They can just do whatever the fuck they want. And it, it goes hand in hand with how the, it was called the whole league this week. I mean, there were a handful of missed calls this week that were true atrocities. I feel like, yeah. um, like the, the biggest, the, the first one, was Alex Ovechkin gets away with a blatant he hook. he hooked him yeah I watched I watched that live I was watching it with you because we were yeah. about to record and I was like oh I can't believe they didn't call that yeah. and then the caps 40 seconds later tie the game and lose an OT they get a point out of it imagine if they won it was it was bad um thank god the Oilers won because I agree it would have been all hell would have broken loose if they would have lost that game because it was bad dude like he, he hooked him he stopped he Zach Hyman him. from scoring an empty yeah. net goal and they don't call that so it's like okay that's just one 
Oh no, there's more for the rest of the. Oh week. no, then the very next day, I don't think I've ever seen a worse 24 hour. I'm sure I have, but this Probably. was a terrible 24 hours for NHL fishing. Nearly at the exact same time as the Nazem Kadri thing, they let them get away with that. I think it's just a few minutes later. The Toronto Maple Leafs and the Arizona Coyotes go to overtime. The Leafs overcome a 4-1 deficit, which is very funny, against the Arizona Coyotes. That game goes to OT. Jacob Chikrin just grabs Austin Matthews' stick. Like, he just grabs his stick. and pull. I've never seen it, like, just so. My, my goal here is to grab his stick and pull it just so I can make this play. There's no hiding it. That's exactly what he does in the view of a linesman and a ref. And puck gets turned over. Arizona goes the other way. I forget who sets it up, but sets up Jacob Chikrin for the goal. Arizona wins an OT. Yeah. Entire place loses their mind. Well, entire place. There were zero penalties or there was one penalty called in that game. One. NHL is a great league. There's no chance in hell. There's only one penalty in the game. No chance in hell. Like there's, there's just no way like this too fast. Like there has to be a penalty called. So you, you, you have two within like 30 minutes of each other with NHL officials. And then I think the personally the worst one, I may be a little biased. Um, Nick Felino just hold on before we go on to that, I just looked that up. The penalty in that Toronto game was a delay of game. Yeah. In the in the first four minutes of the game, it was challenged and overturned. So it was actually no, it was a goalie interference challenge. Now that I'm remembering this right. And they rule it was still goalie interference. That was the only, so they did not call a penalty in this game. The only thing was they lost a challenge. That was the only penalty. That feels like that. there's got to be something to that. There is no fucking way you did not catch a single and then miss that too. It was bad, dude. But anyway, yeah. And And then then get on to this one, which to me is horrible. It's the worst one. And there wasn't even like, even the fine afterwards was truly atrocious. Um, and we may be a little biased because we hate the Minnesota Wild, but, but this is um, Jake Voracek said the same thing. Yeah, yeah, like Nick or not Nick Felino, Marcus Felino. Jacob Voracek coming up the ice in the Columbus, Minnesota game in the final minute of the game. Columbus is down by one. And Marcus Felino just knees the fuck out of him. Um, clearly sticks his leg out. Jake Voracek gets hurt. I don't know if he's actually hurt. He was back on the bench. He was in pain. No call. Zero, no call whatsoever. There was nothing. And you could see by the reaction, I, I was watching the stills. The Blues, Blue Jackets players lost their fucking mind. Like you could see their faces. And even the wild players were kind of like, ooh, we may have gotten away with one there. <laughs> like, yeah. like that was that was bad. Um, it, it's a terrible missed call. Thank God the Blue Jackets go on and score to tie it, win the game in a shootout. But how do you miss that call? It is very clearly a knee call. As and the referees the most, are staring right at it. It's one of the most blatant knees I've ever seen. And I saw it. I watched this game live. I saw it happen. I didn't see the angle until you sent it to me. I, I gasped. I was like, oh, my God, he's, his, his season's done. Like I, and to, to answer your question, he's day-to-day right now, and he's not playing tonight. No, of course. And, like, that's- and, and then the thing was, they didn't call the penalty at all. And then they gave Felino a $5,000 fine because it, it make the NHL makes zero fucking sense. You know, but at least Marcus Felino, if I'm Felino, at least Marcus Felino is not a repeat offender, right? Oh, oh wait, he, he is. Just, he just did this three fucking weeks ago <laughs> and got away with it. You like, that's fucking the thing, idiots. man. It makes, if I'm Felino, I'm fighting that. 
it wasn't a penalty in the game. Why am I getting fined for it? Why am I getting fined for it? Yeah. And then he had, and he had Voracek on Twitter being showing the pictures of the knee and be like, Oh, well, at least it wasn't a knee. Like that's the kind of thing. Like if that was a little bit harder, that could have snapped his leg. Yeah. Like that scared, like that legitimately shocked me watching that angle of his knee bend. Knees don't go that way. No, your leg, your leg is not supposed to go backwards. Yeah. I'm shocked. He's only day to day. I'm shocked he was back on that bench. Like I thought he ripped his knee apart entirely. And it's just his knee is out there. He stuck it out there. Whether he's trying to hurt him or not, it doesn't fucking matter. That is a penalty 10 out of 10 times and at least a three-gamer. But that's just NHL officiating these this past week. It has been so bad. And it goes through phases where sometimes it's bad, sometimes it's good. This has been a really bad week for the NHL, and they aren't going to do a single damn thing about it to fix it. And the thing is, I would argue it goes through phases of it's bad and they're doing their job. Like it, it's tough to be an official because like everyone is always going to hold you to a direct standard. Any bad call, people are going to lose their minds. And that's just the human element of the game. But you doing your job well is the bare minimum. Like, and that it's professional. Yeah, you're professionals. You're pro- officiating an NHL game that is being watched by hundreds of thousands of people with tens of thousands of people in the stands with professional athletes. You need to be able to make these calls. And the excuse is, oh, well, the game is so fast. Okay. So get better. Like, I don't, so do you want the job or not? If it's too fast, then don't work it. Find another job. Like it's, that's just how the game is. You have to be able to to keep up with the speed of the game. And I'd also argue it's really not like if it's happening right in front of you, you should be able to call it. Like, okay, you're not going to catch everything, but Jesus Christ, man. See, like, I don't like to criticize, like, youth league, high school no. coach, like, referees. They're literally just adults who are just doing this for fun. They're, they're guys they're, who can skate and yeah, know the or, rules. Kind or of. they're high school kids who are just working a job. Like, that's a total different class when you're a professional referee. You are held to a standard because you are a professional. Professional is the key word there. You have every opportunity to be criticized for that. So it was a very, very bad week of officiating. I don't think it's going to get better. It won't. Um, I, it all I that, think is we just got a nice little preview of what's going to be in the playoffs. Yeah. Like it, it sucks that hockey, like we're not talking about the great game. Cause there's been some great games this week. Oh yeah. We're talking about the missed calls of officiating um, and it's costing teams that have a chance at the playoffs and they're just getting fucked. So I, it's just crazy to me. The, the part that's even crazier, and I know you want to talk about this, the reaction between the Toronto miss call and the Avs miss call from the national media was hilarious. It, it, it could not have been more blatant, which, which gripe is more important to people. Yeah. You had the, the graphic I saw is which miss call is worse, the Austin Matthews or the Zach Hyman thing. And all we got was just get told to shut up. Because yeah. we, draw, we draw a lot of penalties. I think we, we've drawn like the most penalties of the last couple of years. And that apparently makes our gripe irrelevant. Like I saw people saying to Gabe Landeskog, one of the smartest, most well-articulate players in the league, to shut up because he's being a whiny baby. And oh, Kadri deserves it. Like, okay. So I guess if your team's not worth a billion dollars, your opinion just doesn't matter. Yeah. 
And it, I cool. Tell, tell Gabe Landeskog to shut up. I'm fine with it. What Gabe Landeskog did is going to have ramifications for the Savs team for the rest of the year. Yeah. And I'm sorry. None of your players are smart enough to have a press conference like that. Yeah. Like not our problem, yeah. but it, it pissed me off. Cause it's just like, it's Toronto of something happened to them. So it's going to get brought up at the, like the GM meetings in a couple of weeks or so. And it happened to Edmonton, who's also worth a billion dollars. And so it's a big problem in a national crisis. Something happens to the abs, but this team's team's bottom half and uh, team value, I guess you call it like 600 worth $650 million. Middle of the pack. Yeah. Middle of like, who cares about you? What? Shut up. This is the, the big market teams are talking, you know, shut up, Gabe. I, I, I think I, it doesn't help too that the abs are just so far ahead. So it's like, what are you whining about? You're still in first place by a significant amount. Yeah, it's like, well, you guys draw a lot of penalties. What are you upset about? And okay, it still happened. It still happened. And here's the thing. Gabe's thinking big picture here. It's not about that game. He could give two fucks about the Carolina game. He would have liked to win, but he's setting the precedent for the rest of the year for Nazem Kadri. And he's setting the, the precedent mm-hmm. into the playoffs. He's setting the precedent. Unless Nazem Kadri does something stupid, which given his playoff history is more than likely going to happen. It like, sadly, I, I hate to say it, but it's, there's a 50% chance it happens. Um, if he doesn't do something like that, hopefully the refs take this. And I don't even want to know what Gabe will say. If they don't, if something like this happens in the playoffs, I don't want to know what Gabe will say because luckily he wasn't fine for this one, which miraculously, because yeah. Cause the NHL is just a bunch of fucking gatekeepers for the officials. He didn't get fined. He didn't, it, nothing happened. And it was completely fine, but the standard that Landy is expecting the refs to do, hopefully it translates. I mean, I look back to the Vegas series after game two, Peter DeBoer said the refs were not doing a good job. The rest of that series. I was going to get to that because the amount of people would be like, Oh, the abs get all these calls. I never want to hear the abs get calls after that series where they had only delay of games penalties for three straight games. Yep. It, it worked. It being a whiny baby sometimes works. Yeah. And I'm not saying Gabe was being a whiny baby. I'm not saying that, but complaining about officiating works. It works. It won Vegas an entire playoff series. Yeah. He complained that uh, they got a penalty after one of our guys stepped on Riley Smith's stick, which is a penalty. And then they had, I think, I think what it actually was, they had one non delay of game penalty for three straight games. Three straight playoff games. The Golden Knights, a team notorious for being clean. Yeah. Like it was fun. It was bad, dude. So I, I'm interested to see, as Griffin said, the Stars episode, we're recording this before the Calgary game. When we get back and we record the recap to the Calgary game, I'm interested to see how the officials handle it. So, I mean, I think we've talked enough about officials. We've yes. spoken our piece. Hopefully this works for the ads. Hopefully this is one of the last times we'll have to talk about officiating. I'm guarantee you it won't be, but one of the last times I've talked about affecting the abs or affecting a game, but it was, it was rough. So I think we can move on to the blockbuster practice day. Why couldn't these practice days happen when we had those long breaks? Yeah. We could right? do a whole episode and, just on the practice breaks. And Jesus, but like this came out of nowhere. Yeah. No, all of this stuff. Like we were expecting something with Gerard eventually as to like when he was going to be back. They announced first that Gabe Landeskog is having surgery on his knee and is something that has been bothering him for most of the season and just hasn't been getting better. 
And so it was now or never to do something about it. So they did. And he doesn't have a timeline yet, but they're hopeful he'll be back for the end of the regular season or the playoffs, which seems optimistic to me. And the general attitude I got from it is that they, they don't think this is serious and he's going to be perfectly fine. This is just something that he needs to get healthy before the playoffs. And, and then Sam Gerrard out for four weeks, like two minutes later, he's out for four weeks, basically a month. And then this one came out of the blue even more. Pavel Francouz signed to a two-year, $2 million a year extension, taking him off the free agent market. More news we've gotten on this team in 20 minutes than we had in two months. Yeah, it was crazy. It was, it was a really crazy Saturday afternoon of practice. Um, just to go to the Landeskog thing, I, I, I think if they didn't think he was going to be back, they wouldn't have done it. Cause it sounds like he's played this whole year with it and he scored 30 goals with a bum knee, which is kind of crazy to think about like what's a healthy Gabe Landeskog doing the playoffs now. Jeez, like, I, I shudder to think of it. Yeah. Like what does he do? Um, so it's a bummer. He's going to be out. Uh, I think this team has a decent enough gap in the central division, maybe in the West that they can hold on without him. Um, Landis Gog's a very important player to this team. But of players to miss a month for the Avs, if it's going to be Gabe Landeskog, I'm, I'm okay with that. If that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And it's just, you look at the lead that we have in the Central. We're going to win the Central. We have two games left against Calgary. Right now, the lead is 10 points, I believe. I think it's eight. It's eight. Yeah, 10 or eight. Because they won last night, didn't they? Yeah, it's eight. Because yeah, if the uh, Calgary wins tonight, it'll be down to six. Yeah, so it's down to eight right now. And if they win tonight, it's down to six. Like, okay, that's kind of concerning. But it's, it's close as someone's going to get. Yeah, it's as, clo- it's as close as they're going to get. And the thing is, like, why would it be a problem for Landscott to get healthy before the playoffs if this is a thing that's not only not getting better, it's getting worse? Yeah. It makes complete sense just to rest him up, have him get the procedure. I have all faith he's going to be back. I wouldn't be surprised if he's skating with the team again in, like, three weeks. And yeah. they just like, I'm, I'm not worried in the slightest. It's just, I'm glad they're doing it now and not trying to rush him through because he just let him get healthy. I'd rather have a healthy Gabe Landeskog. He's already scored 30 goals this year with a bum knee. Like who knows what he's going to be in the playoffs. And with the Sam Gerrard, like it kind of makes sense for his piss poor play lately. If he was hurt. Yeah, that makes a lot more sense. Like, it looked like at a certain point that something was wrong. Like, looking back at that Calgary game, the first one, that makes a lot more sense that yeah. something was wrong. Like, he, he looked afraid to go into the boards. And now, if, if, like, if there's something really bothering him, that makes a lot more sense why he couldn't really use his body on that terrible, terrible play. And so he'll miss a month. Defense is pretty decimated. Also... I saw people in earnest comparing this to Nikita Kucherov and Mark Stone. Really? Yeah. We're going there with this? A guy getting surgery in March for something that's bothered him all season. And it's also the leading goal scorer and captain. We're going to take him out. Gabe Landeskog, of all players in the NHL, is going to agree to get a need the surgery <laughs> a knee surgery and also to hold him out until the playoffs yeah okay gabe landeskog it does if the abs want to 
they can have some cap flexibility. It is a smart decision that yes. also has implications on the business side. Yeah. Should you decide to use it? It's should smart to let Landis God get healthy because of the gap you have on the central division. And if you start winning hockey games again, because again, we have not done that lately. We've lost four or five. If you start winning hockey games again, then you have a pretty healthy lead on, on the West. If you beat Calgary tonight, it's back up to 10 points and you start winning consistently the rest of the season, they're not going to overcome that. The, the schedule eases up a little bit too. Yeah. And the president's trophy don't care. Yeah. Like we've, if we've win talked it, about cool. before. If, if not, I don't really care. Yeah, if, you, so, if you win it, cool. The curse isn't real and home ice is nice. If you don't get it, it really doesn't matter because unless, unless Calgary passes everybody, it's going to be a team from the East and you're not seeing them until the final. Yeah. So I'm, I mean, we can go back to the cap flexibility because it does give them the flexibility. It right. does. We like, can't just, we can't just gloss over it and yeah. act like this doesn't help us. Cause it, it, it does. It does. It's, it's and I know we complain about deadline. it. We complain about it. Don't get me wrong. We complain about it. But if everyone else is doing it, why not fucking do it too? Yeah. Like, until they fix it, might as well fucking do I it. I mean, when you really look at it, what real downside does this have other than the last month of the regular season that we're going to be a worse team? If you make a trade for someone, it doesn't matter. Exactly. So I, I don't know. I'm if the flexibility is there, we're talking about like what, like $10 million in cap space now. I it's tough to calculate with LTIR. I don't really know how to exactly use it, but we have the flexibility to do more now. Yeah. And because Gerard makes, I think five. Yeah. And five. we don't even know if Gerard's going to be on LTIR. No, he should be, but we'll see. Cause it's, I can also do it retroactively. So I think it's 10 games or 28 days. Yeah, Actually, that's what it so is. He might just barely qualify for LTIR. Yeah, barely. But the abs have the flexibility now. Um, it sucks that like the NHL allows this to happen. Um, but if you're gonna, if everyone else is gonna bend the rules, why don't you bend the rules too? And uh, and this is also kind of why it's like this for a situation like this in March, where a guy is gonna be out probably until the playoffs. You shouldn't be hamstrung. No. In this way, this isn't Nikita Kucherov, where Tampa Bay is going to be forced to trade a good player, and oh, Nikita Kucherov needs surgery, and in March he's skating again when the playoffs aren't until May, or Mark Stone, where it's like, yeah, you know, he's been injured for most of the season, but the alternative is we trade Riley Smith if we don't put him out in TIR. Like this isn't that. Like we're arguing maybe we keep JT Comfer because I talked about this last episode. You can get Claude Giroux and Brett Kulak and Andrew Kopp while having Gabe Landeskog on the roster. All you really give up is JT Comfer and maybe like a low end guy, which yeah. you know isn't nothing. But like that's not the same as keeping the band back together like Tampa did for one more playoff run and then bringing Kucherov back magically for Game One. This isn't that. It isn't that, and it isn't like. The abs don't have that player that they're already trying to fit in there. They don't have it. Like th they have the cap flexibility, but they don't have the gap. Like they don't have like a Jack Eichel coming in where they need to clear cap space. They just don't have that. So it gives them flexibility. I, I hope something happens at the trade deadline, but just judging off everything we're reading, there is going to be a whole lot of fucking nothing going on this trade deadline. I mean, yeah. Hurdles off the board. The Sharks are going to extend him. Pavelski is sign is signing a one-year deal with Dallas. So 
Um, I'll spare you guys that for the rest of the deadline and start talking about again, the off season when we can trade for him at next year's deadline. Uh, Chikrin stuff, just, I don't want Chikrin anyway, just bringing it up. Like Arizona has no incentive to trade him right now if they're not going to get what they want. And we're still waiting on Claude Giroux. I mean, Elliot Friedman said it's been quiet. Yeah. No one, no one has made the big offer for Claude Giroux yet. And he's going to play his thousandth game Thursday, Thursday. And after that, I think it's going to pick up and we'll see whether he comes here or Florida or anywhere else. But outside of that, I mean, the other thing I saw is like, well, the prices are just so fucking high on these rental players that other teams are just being like, okay, well, what about this guy who has a couple years left? Cause like it's a buyer's market, but the sellers are acting like they have the control. So it's, it's going to be strange. I'm very curious to see what we're going to do here. Cause now we do have all this, this room that we can do anything we want. It's just, is there anyone out there now? It's just, it's, it's so abs, right? This is our year to go all in. Landeskog needs knee surgery and to get healthy for the playoffs, which opens up room for deadline acquisitions. And there's nothing. And you don't even know if Claude Giroux is going to get traded. And Tom and Tomas Hurdle, who I would really like to see on this team is off the board. We're talking Andrew Cop, maybe the big, big player in this. Yeah. So and he's going on the third line. And that's just, it sucks. I mean, I, what are you going to do? But we do have the flexibility if something happens. Um, we'll see. But it's really just kind of a, it's a luxury we have that we may not be able to actually use. Yeah. I mean, because we can't deny that this is going to help for yeah. the playoff run. And they should do something about this and have some kind of cap in the playoffs that prevents teams from just doing this but the rules are the rules right now. And I know it's a totally hypocritical to say that after everything we've said about Tampa Bay and Vegas over the last year, but it's, it's the rule. Guy. And if you're, and if you're not using it, then you're not doing your job as a general man. If the option's available to you and you're not doing it to be fair, you're a bad general manager. And Joe Sackick is not a bad general manager. He's going to use everything he can. It's a copycat league, man. Just like I said, like it, it's a copycat league. If they see one team and it's successful, they'll do it again. So we have the flexibility. I'm interested to see if anything happens. I'm really hoping we get some more, some stuff going here because the last big trade was Tyler Toffoli. And that was, that was over it. a month ago. Like we, I think we yeah. said before we start, I looked up Ilya Labushkin, I think was March or not March, February 16th. Yeah. It's been a drought. There has been nothing. And it's going to be, there's a lot of teams that supposedly a lot of players on the market and there's been nothing, absolutely nothing. So I'm interested to see what the abs do. If they do anything that they need to do something like, especially with um, everything going on with the defenseman right now, you need another like sixth defenseman. You just need. And I get, I was like, I brought up Brett Kulak last episode. I was also thinking after we finished that, I don't know if that's enough. Like, I think you need more. You need more. You just need to be safe, man. And oh, we totally skipped over this because it got lost in the shuffle. Bo Byron was back at practice with the team on Saturday too. We totally forgot about that. So that's huge news. Great for Bo. Um, he was in a non-contact sweater. I still think the earliest he comes back is three weeks, and that's on the early side. Yeah. Um, but it's great to see him out there. It means he's making progress. So um, if you get Bo Byron back, that helps your defense for sure because in the 20 games he's played this year. He's shown he's a damn good hockey player and a damn good defenseman. 
But I agree with you. It, it may not just be one defenseman. You may need a couple. Yeah, I mean, you look at the defense right now, no Sam, no Bo. We're also probably going to get a deadline guy. We're talking half of our defense right now. That is not yeah. in the lineup right now is going to be in the playoffs. Now imagine the Avalanche defense, Taze McCarr, and you get Gerard and Byram back. And let's say either Brett Kulak, Calvin DeHaan, Scott Mayfield, any of these guys that are out there, imagine throwing them in the lineup as well. We're talking that's five right there. And, and then, then pick a Johnson. And then <laughs> pick a Johnson. Whether it's Eric, Jack, Ryan Murray, Curtis McDermott, you're golden. Yeah. You're golden. So imagine that, a healthy Sam Gerrard, uh, a Bo Byram that is hopefully back up to speed at that point and ready for game shape and healthy and confident and ready to go. A good deadline acquisition. And who cares as number six? Yeah. That is a defense that I'm confident can help win you a cup. But we're not there yet. We still got to see where yet. it's all going to go. So I, my only ask for everyone is over the next couple of weeks as the defense is going to inevitably struggle. It did fine against the Hurricanes, but it's not going to be like that every single night. Just be patient. It's going to clear itself up. It's going to get better. Right now, I know we've lost four or five, but one thing I emphasized on the Carolina stream that we did is that process matters over results. If you're playing the right game, it doesn't matter if you win all of them. You have to be playing the right game, the kind of game that can help you win in the playoffs. As long as we're doing that, I have no problems. Yeah, I have no problems. So should we do some bad radio and just predict what the score of the Calgary game is going to be? And if we're we're going to have to, because then we can immediately compare it to just how smart or dumb we are. Yeah. Okay. All right. You go first. Uh, Why don't don't you go first? Was your Okay. All right. I'll go first. I have to think think of one. I think it's a 3-2 overtime win. I want to say we go to overtime again. I've, I agree with three, two, but I think we're going to take it in regulation. Okay. I mean, this is the second half of back-to-back for Calgary. They dominated the shit out of Detroit last night, but we are going to see Vladar again, who was not like great in the last, he gave up some juicy rebounds. The abs just couldn't finish anything. Um, he, he was not good. I feel good going into that. Darcy Kemper got pulled in the first game. I think he's going to be a little pissed off. And I think he's going to have a really strong game. And yeah, I, I just think it's, these teams are very close to each other. I just see over, this just screams overtime again. Yeah. Vlad, throwing Vladar in there and Calgary be on the second half of a back-to-back, I think is pretty important for this yeah, one. We're also, coming off two days rest, which for the abs is unheard of in these past couple months. Yeah. And remember Vladar last time he played, played the caps, he gave up four as well. Yeah. And he gave so, up, gave up three of the abs the last time he played as well. I mean, he's not Markstrom. So you have a tired Calgary team that beat Tampa Bay last night and is now hitting the road to play in Colorado. They're going to be tired. If I know there's no Gabe, I know there's no Sam and it's not going to be easy to overcome all of that. You're going to have to, because this lead suddenly gets cut down to six. Then you have one more game against Calgary in In Calgary Calgary. on the second half of a back-to-back. If I remember right too, right. Cause they play Edmonton the night before, I think. I, is that, I don't think so. Is it? No. I thought they did. No, we play, we play Minnesota on Sunday and Calgary on Tuesday at the end. Of oh, okay. Yeah. So it's not a back-to-back, but we play Minnesota two days before, which is not Winnipeg Edmonton is the back-to-back. I knew it was a Canadian back-to-back. It's Winnipeg Edmonton. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's going to be a challenge 
But that's the thing right now. It's right now. It's all about overcoming adversity and getting yourself ready for the playoffs. Cause there, there might be a time in the playoffs where something like this happens where Rantanen goes out with a lower body injury or God forbid McKinnon or anyone goes out with a lower body injury. You're going to have to rely on your depth and you're just, you're going to have to rise to the challenge and overcome the hottest team in the NHL right now. If you want to really secure the West right now. Yeah. Is he also, you can't lose both games at home to Calgary. Like no. I, that's, that's tough going into the that's, playoffs. That's a death sentence. So, um, Oh God, TJ Brody just scored on himself. <laughs> yeah, we're watching the heritage classic right now. Oh man. But yeah, I, it's going to be a fun game. I think the abs are going to win. Um, if they play anything like they did against Carolina, this could be a blowout. It could yeah. be. I it could. Even if they do play like they did against Carolina, I think Calgary's good enough that it'll stay close. I think Johnny Gaudreau is going to have a big night, like he always does. Just Gaudreau and Lindholm love scoring against both of my teams, so they're probably both going to find a way to get on the board. Yeah, I, th- I think it's going to come down to depth. I mm-hmm. think I think McKinnon's going to have a great night. I think Rantanen has slowly started to ramp his way back. He played. He scored against the Devils, but took a bad penalty. I thought he looked way better against Carolina and almost had a couple goals. I think he's ramping himself back up. And obviously you're going to have Val on the top line likely tonight. That's what the practice lines were. Uh, another guy I want to say that needs to have another big game is Berkey. Yep. Because he got hot for a little while. He scored, he scored three and four, and now he's gone three without one. So I don't want to start another streak again where he's not scoring. He Go could be big. Yeah. You gotta pick I'm excited up to one. see. I'm excited to see Alex Newhook playing top six minutes again. He's, he's done pretty well so far this year. You're going to get a month of Alex Newhook in the top six. So for now until the deadline, at least. Yeah, true. But it should be fun. I'm excited for the game. Yeah, I think it's going to be great. As long as Kemper has another great game. I, th- I If Kemper has the game he played against Calgary, probably not going to win this one. No. If he has the game he had against Carolina, we're going to win this one. Sometimes it's just that simple. Comes down to goaltending. Yep. If you if you can outdo Vladar, we'll win this game. And then and Calgary's vulnerable. They've lost recently. Like they they're not on a massive winning streak. They've shown that they can be beaten, especially with Vladar and Nett. And while he's not bad, it can be done. So I think we're gonna win this game. I think it's gonna be an incredibly close game. I'm going three two regulation. You're going three two OT. Uh, I guess you guys will find out in about two minutes if we're right or not. I was about ready to do a sign off, but you know, yeah, there's no that. sign off. This there's could no be really bad radio. Rate- this could be really bad radio when we come back from this. Yeah, so, it could be like, and uh, they lose seven to three to Calgary. Yeah, <laughs> maybe we'll see. I mean, that's the that's the risk we take sometimes. It's so you, the guys, risk we take. you guys already know the result. We don't know as we're recording right now. We're about to find out in about five minutes once we come back here, at least in time for you. But I guess even less than that because I guess we're gonna stop now. Yeah, we'll call it good. We'll call it good <laughs> okay. right here. And we'll see y'all. One. We'll see y'all on the other side. See y'all on the other side, and you'll. I'm sure you can probably hear the difference in my voice because I'm right now, you know, I'm it's early afternoon, Positive. at least for me. Sun's still up. I got energy. It's the weekend. You know, I've got I've got my ADHD meds probably gonna be worn off by midnight by the time we're recording part <laughs> two. You'll hear the distinct di- difference in my energy. So that's it for part one of this episode. Uh, that was long. It was probably gonna be a two hour episode, depending on how the game goes. And see you guys in just a second. Hey everybody, hope you've been enjoying this episode so far, interrupting to bring you a word from our sponsors at DraftKings Sportsbook. The NHL season has been packed with dirty dangles, hat tricks, and big wins. As the action rolls on, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has your shot to win big. 
New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's right, a bump in the win column for your team means free bets for you. So my advice, bet on the avalanche every single night. Seems to work most of the time. And if DraftKings Sportsbook is not yet available in your state, you still have a shot to light the lamp. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contests, just like me. Just about every single day, you can play for as little as a dime or for just about as much as you want. Set a lineup under the salary cap and just give it a run. What's the worst that can happen? DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposits. What are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NHL team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older. Restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Now, back to the episode. All right, and we are back for part two. I almost just instinctually did the the normal intro for the show, but that wouldn't make any sense because we're already 55 minutes into the episode. Part two of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast starts now, and holy shit, what a game against the Calgary Flames. The Avalanche shut out Calgary three to nothing on home ice. Darcy Kemper, a 46 save shutout extinguishes the flames and just what an effort from the abs tonight against a granted a tired flames team that's played five games in seven days but an abs team without their captain for the first time tonight and a defense that's been decimated now for two straight games put on what i think is one of their top performances of the season yeah it was what we've been what we've been wanting to see from this abs team it was a full 60 minute performance and I don't want you to look at the shot chart and think the Avs got dominated. This game was no. very, very much an even game. The Flames really turned it on with probably about, what, like eight minutes left in the third period? I would Ended say. I mean, with, in the third period, they had 22 shots, and yeah. I think like 15 of them came in the final five minutes. Yeah, it was. It, it looks a lot worse than it actually is. The Avs actually dominated most of this game. I will give the Flames credit. They did turn it on. Um, but like you said, Darcy Kemper, the great equalizer, um, outduels. Uh, Vladar, who made some ridiculous saves himself, and another shutout for Darcy Kemper. And I think we can really put to bed the rumors for getting another goalie. Yeah, it, I don't ever want to have the words Mark Andre Fleury uttered to me ever again. That is disrespectful to Darcy Kemper, who in the last two games has given up a combined one goal in 120 minutes against the Carolina Hurricanes. And the Calgary Flames don't want to don't want to hear about Mark Andre Fleury, who has been mediocre at best this season. And I don't think I sent you this, but Pierre LeBron reported that the price would be a first and like a mid round pick for Fleury. Okay, yeah, we're definitely out. Yeah, no so go. a hard pass on that. Yeah. Fuck that. Darcy yeah. Kemper is our guy, as he should be, with one not just his best performance of the season or even of his career. One of the best performances from a goalie this season, period. Yeah. I would maybe not performances this season because I don't think the Flames were that dangerous tonight. Like they didn't really, like we were talking about this off air. Like it felt like none of their chances were really high danger scoring chances. Yeah. Um, at least in the first two periods. I know in the third period, he was fantastic, but 
it was it was just a perfect game from the Colorado Avalanche. I, I don't look at anything from this game and be like, oh, that was a big mistake. That was a big mistake. No, there, there was, I, I think we gave up two odd man rushes the entire game, which for this team is saying a lot because our defensemen take a lot of risks. I don't remember that many odd man rushes for the Flames. No, I, and even the ones that they did have, they weren't even particularly that dangerous. Like our guys got back very, very fast. And, and what did I say after the, the loss to Calgary last weekend? You clean up these mistakes. Calgary really didn't have anything for us. Even in that game, once we cleaned it up and stopped making mistakes and started getting some saves, they really didn't have anything they could throw our way that could match us. And that's exactly what you saw today. You saw Nathan McKinnon go on a fucking heater and score two goals. And who does Calgary have that can match that? Johnny, Johnny Goudreau. Goudreau. You know where I mean? was he tonight? Nowhere. Silent. Yeah. He was silent. Elias Lindholm was silent. Matthew Kachuk, that fucking rat was silent. Um, I just, I was really, really impressed with this game. Um, we talk about this earlier in the episode with Carolina. That game was really good from the avalanche. You can learn from that loss. And they did. They played a fantastic hockey game tonight. They played better than yeah. they did in that Carolina game, which is saying a lot because that Carolina game was really good close to perfect when you yeah. really look at it it was really close to perfect outside of a couple things this one i know they gave up 46 shots but i think i can't even tell you where those all came from because like you said they really weren't all that dangerous there was a definitely a couple of them that were dangerous that darcy needed to make some saves on but again like you even look at like the deserve to win meter the fact that the flames out shooting the abs 46 to uh what was it 32 and are only 51 percent in the deserve to win meter like that says just how low quality a lot of those shots were and how high quality a lot of the abs ones were yeah i mean no disrespect to the flames but dan vladar made this game close i mean the couple of saves in the second period he made were unreal i he robbed eric johnson I, he, I, I think on that one ej if he lifts that puck he scores yeah no i agree but he still made the save huge yeah. save and then that one he made on McKinnon when McKinnon was breaking in on a perfect pass from Val. Yeah. That was a great fucking save. Like it was great. Like I'm just trying to think, like recap this game real quick. I mean, McKinnon gets two. And if you haven't, go answer our poll on the Teledavs of his Twitter. It may be over by the time you're listening to this, but I, I still don't think it's crazy that McKinnon gets to 30 goals this year. He's it's at 22 not crazy at all, especially now that he got the second one. Yeah. He's at 22 with or 21, excuse me. 21 with 22 games to play. Yeah. And uh, where is our poll now? We have 125 votes on the poll. 95% say yes. Good. Good. I and, knew and our the, listeners and the, nose are, the no's are recent because I checked when it was at like 80 and it was still at 100. Yeah. Good. Good. Our, our listeners are very smart and they've been listening. That, that could be the one prediction I get right all year for the ads. <laughs> Dude, you've, been, you've been spot on that one for months. You said this yeah. in December. I know I, it's going to be the one thing I'm going to be right. And I'm going to rub it in all the, no, I'm kidding. Uh, I will take this success because it's the only one I'll ever get right. So he was unreal tonight. That shot. Oh man, that shot. Both of them. Both We're of just, them are just perfect. such master classes in shooting and quick reaction. It's like it's, the second one to me is just like a, such a quick reaction from him is like, oh, he can't get over there that quickly. And I'm Nathan McKinnon. I can rip this puck at 200 miles an hour and there's nothing he can do to stop it. Just such a clean win off the face off. Like we finally won the face off battle today. 
I saw that, dude. I like, saw that. I was watching the game. I was like, I was like, we were actually winning fucking face-offs. It was crazy. It was crazy, dude. What happens when draws? Yeah. It's a lot of good things can happen. I also, but that first goal, going back to the first goal for the abs, that pass by Miko, like he, it was one of the rare blind passes that has worked for the abs recently because he put that exactly where it needed to be. And McKinnon just beat some short side and it was mm, beautiful. I loved that goal. I actually really liked Nachushkin playing on the second line with the, or excuse me, the first line. Um, he he's was kind a monster. of, yeah, he's a little bit of a poor man's Landeskog. Like he's not nearly as good as Gilandy, but he can give you a lot of the same traits that Landy right. brings in to a that pinch, line. With when it pinch with no Landeskog, he does the job just fine. And I, I thought he was a monster defensively. Yeah. He was great. The second line was great. Berkey made a couple. We had Berkey blocking shots. Like I know, Berkey I knew that shots. one in particular, and that that strikes a chord with me because. Berkey in Washington struggled a lot with injuries and a lot of them came from blocking shots. There was one against Detroit where he broke his hand on his birthday and, oh. and missed like, I think at least almost the rest of the regular season. He missed a long time after that. It after was perfect blocking. form when he blocked it tonight though. Yeah, absolutely. Perfect. And he blocked a shot. I thought Kadri was all over the ice. I know he probably didn't get a point tonight, but I thought Kadri played really well. Yeah, he got a secondary on the first. He got a secondary. Okay, yeah. good. Um, Newhook. I mean, he. I feel bad. Newhook gets beat up when he plays the Flames. Like he gets beat up. Yeah, I. But, th- I think he gets targeted a little bit because he's a younger guy that hasn't yeah, but, been all the way around in the league yet. But I can tell you this: that's not going to be that way forever. No, this guy he, once he did not he, back down. Yeah, and once he continues to physically mature and everything and get more and more in the NHL, that's going to stop happening. This kid is a beast. Once he's all grown up and developing, like by the time this kid's 25 monster, total monster in the NHL. And, yeah. and he didn't pick up anything tonight. or really do anything too special tonight. I just thought he played well. Yeah. Which is, he played which really is well. This, sometimes that's better than just like, Oh, this kid has a two goal night and he sucks the next game, but then he has, yeah a couple points the next night too. The fact that he's actually gone a little while without a goal and I'm still impressed by his play in both ends of the ice. I feel like that says a lot more about him as a player at the NHL level. The goals are going to come for him. They're going to come. come. And he's 21. And the fact that he's still being trusted in a top six role with Landis Gogal, even when he's not scoring goals really does just say a lot about how much Bednar trusts him and how he's only going to get better. I love this kid yeah. so much. He's good, man. And he should have had a goal tonight. He hit the post I can, I can call him kid because I'm technically older than him. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Uh, he should have had a goal tonight, too. He hit both posts in one oh, shot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which is impressive. Double doink. And you know it's bad. You know it's close when they hit you with the, the goal horn went off. Yeah. The goal horn went off. So it's like, oh, but uh, he was great. I got to give a shout out to the third line. I thought this was the best game that JT Comfort, Tyson Jost, and Logan O'Connor have had in a long time. Yeah, a very, I, very long time. They I were good say, on both ends of the ice tonight. Yeah, I would say this is the second game in a row that I walked away. Like the third line played well tonight. I thought they brought a lot of energy against the Hurricanes. And I thought they brought a lot of energy tonight. And Logan O'Connor is getting close. He's going to he break is. this slump and he's going to get there eventually. And Tyson Jost he's just playing so strong defensively. Yeah. He's not going to score a ton. We all know that he's not going to pick up a ton of points, but he was making very smart reads defensively on the penalty kill. I'd say he was one of the best tonight during some very important penalty yeah. kills late in that game. 
And JT Comfer, again, not not three and a half, but playing well in the role that he's given. And that's all you can ask sometimes. That's all you can ask. I I, I thought JT Comfer played pretty well as well. Um, it was just a good game. And then you had – we totally missed this. The Avs played without – and a player tonight. They played with yeah, only they played shorthanded. Yeah, they played eleven forward, six demon. So they they were down a guy. And I thought uh, Obey Cubell and Darren Helm were really good with whoever they were playing with. It helped. It was either McKinnon or Branson most of the time. But I thought they were really good. Like Darren Helm, you were saying uh, earlier, he's he's become the perfect fourth liner. He does just enough where you're like, okay, good for Darren Helm. But he's also not causing anything where you're like, God damn it, Darren Helm. Yeah, he is just the ultimate equalizer on the ice. Nothing happens when Darren Helm is on the ice, and that's fine for a yeah. fourth-line guy. He kills penalties. I thought he laid some big hits as well to help set the tone. And even then, he still kind of makes some things happen offensively. He yeah. got an assist on the empty net goal for Rantanen, but even without that, there are some times where he's a little dangerous in the offensive yeah. zone. Like he still able some to, speed in those old man legs. Yeah, able to get a able to get himself into scoring position shooting the puck is a different thing yeah. but he's able to get himself and sometimes find guys for chances and that's still worth a lot and honestly with what i expected from darren helm coming into the season which is absolutely nothing he's been great he's been great he fits perfectly in that role on this team he was yeah it's just like that's a we got to give credit to the scouting staff for that kind of sign. That's the kind of thing where nobody thinks about it. No one thinks about the kind of fit Darren Helm would be on the abs. Perfect addition to the fourth line. You got to give credit where it's due. Yeah. It's worked out well. It took him some time to get adjusted, but once he got adjusted, he's been great. It's, it's um, funny because while he was getting adjusted is probably when he was scoring most of his goals. This yeah, season. that's pretty funny. Uh, the defenseman tonight, shout out Eric Johnson. I don't know what's, I, I think he finally woke the fuck up. He's back to playing competent defense. Um, Jack Johnson's still out there just doing all he can. Um, Ryan Murray has been surprisingly good these past couple games. Yeah. Surprisingly good. uh, On the topic of credit where it's too, Ryan Murray's been good. Yeah. Better than good. He's been making really good defensive reads. And, you know, offensively, what are you expecting from a third pair guy? But he is, he's been strong. He's been very, very solid. And gotta give a shout out to your boy as well. Curtis McDermott. Had, had himself a game and he, he, almost, he almost played 10 minutes which that's is a lot for him man it's like tripling him. his time but he was he was shooting that puck tonight yeah. he had some toe <laughs> drags in shots, man. oh yeah he he was getting some shots there and the rasmus anderson having that open net you couldn't really see it unless you put a microscope to that replay Curtis mcdermott got his skate on that yeah he he was good i mean Granted, you're not throwing him out there for more than 10 minutes a game, but he, every time he was out there, there were a couple times. I mean, he was he was in the wrong spot, but he didn't do anything fatal. And the thing that I've noticed with Gerard being out, and I don't know if you noticed it too, the Avs defensemen, I feel like, aren't jumping up in the play as much. Um, they're being a lot more disciplined. Like, I don't remember Kale McCarr. When Kale McCarr jumped in a couple times, so did Devontae's, but they were very responsible. Um it's very unavalanche like for them to be responsible. They were very, very responsible. And that's the reason there were no odd man rushes because they played it safe and they played it smart. So I don't want to hear any slander that it was Sammy G's fault why the defense was struggling. No, it's just with Sammy G out, the rest of your defensemen have to play up and play the structure that Bednar sets up for him. Right. When you have Bo Byram out for as long as he has been, and now Sam Gerard out for a month, 
it's a wake-up call to the rest of the team. Like, hey, guys, you can't fuck around anymore. You, you really got to play into the system right now because there is no one coming in to save you at least until the trade deadline. Yeah. And that's what we've seen the last couple of games, going up against top-tier Stanley Cup contending teams. A second pair of Jack and Eric Johnson has shut the door. Yeah, because they've they, shut the door. They've allowed one goal in two games. Yeah, and I don't count the empty netter. Yeah, empty netter doesn't count. It was total bullshit. And even if you do count it, Landis Gog threw it right at all. Yeah. So it doesn't even count. And the only goal they gave up was just, it was a nonsense. Bad luck. Total it was bad, nonsense. Luck. bad luck and total nonsense. Yeah. And so, so now you got to give credit where it's due. These guys have stood up and who knows how long they can keep it up this way. It's definitely not something you want to carry into the playoffs, but no. for the job they're the doing right now. I'm nervous <laughs> for the job they're doing right now. They're doing great. They're doing great. And I, they just got to kind of hold the fort until reinforcements get here in a couple of weeks. It's got to hold the fort down. And I think we've seen a commitment from the uh, forwards too defensively. They've been great. I, th- I think so, that's one of the bigger differences yeah. as well. Miko Ranton, we've dogged on him. This was one of the most, this one of the, I'm totally butchering my words here. You got to, got to give one of the most complete games he's played. One of his most complete, it's midnight for me. Yeah, Um, I know it's late. I've been doing abs for like six straight hours. (laughs) But yeah, I felt this was one of his most engaged games of the season, especially physically. He was throwing the body around. He had one thing early in the, in the game where Kind it was late in the first period. Yeah, he yeah was, it was late in the first period. Yeah, late in the first period, did not make the best play. Since then, I thought he was really good. Yeah, and he got rewarded with the empty net goal. Yeah, and he, he did. It. He deserved it because he got really close against Carolina and in this game as well. Good to see him get rewarded on the empty netter as well. And just we you even look back at the Vegas games and everything. Like this is. I know probably recency bias, but this one I think is again my favorite game so far yeah. this year from this team because even in those Vegas games, the team was healthy. I think the circumstances make this the best game of the year. Yeah, like you look the at circumstances. the circumstances and just how good Calgary's been. I know this is their fifth game in seven days, but this is a Calgary team that even when they were that tired, still kept pushing and coming yeah. back again and again and again. And this team did not back down from them and just kept pushing back against them and wouldn't give them an inch. And I think you really also have, I didn't really see anyone talk about this, but we always talk about how other teams like to forecheck and put pressure on the abs. I thought the forecheck was great tonight. I thought the script was flipped today and the average, every time a flame had the puck, especially the top line of Kachuk, Gaudreau and Lindholm, there was someone on them immediately forcing no easy exits, forcing them to make a pass, forcing them to make a play. And it's, I think that's why a lot of those shots were from the perimeter. They could not get inside. No. And they got no odd man rushes. None. Yeah. They so, got nothing. And that was I, a great game. Yeah. Just a and, great game. And I will say this you play like that in the playoffs, you will win the Stanley Cup. Oh, yeah. It's that simple. You play like this in the playoffs with that kind of forecheck, with that kind of buy in, especially like the block shots from Burakovsky late in the game when he's out there for 90 seconds because icings and Calgary dominating in the offensive zone with the puck possession and Curtis McDermott playing like he did defensively. Like you're getting buy-in from everyone like that. And the system's working to a T and goaltending like Darcy Kemper, you're going to win. It's not really even a question. It's just a matter of how well can you execute this in the playoffs? Yeah. It's, it's, it's a matter of win. Um, And I, I think that this team found a good time to play their best game considering all the adversity they've been through this week. 
And I'm excited to see. Uh, we can do a little bit of a preview now for unless do you have anything else for the rest of this game? Other than I, mean, I, I could rave about this game all night. Yeah. But. Round of applause for him. I think uh, our listeners have listened to us ramble enough for this show, but we'll do one more thing. Uh, we won't get a chance to um, preview this game before then, but uh, the abs go into L.A., face the Kings on Tuesday night. What, what are your thoughts on the game? I think personally like L.A. is good, but the abs should blow them out of the water. I mean, the, the Kings right now are the second best team in the Pacific. We have to context it with that. But I also I look at a lot of their results and there's nothing that really blows me away. No. I feel like this team wins every game that it should. Even in their last game, lost five nothing to the Sharks. Yeah. And they win a lot of games they're supposed to win. And then they upset in a couple of games when maybe they shouldn't win. Like I I when I think about the Kings, I think about their games against the Penguins this season, how they won both of those in pretty impressive fashion but outside of that there's just they're good they're a good team this year and in the pacific i think that's enough the thing that sticks out to me about this game is just how badly the kings kicked our ass the last time we played them oh yeah like they got the second half of the back-to-back against anaheim yeah where we just that those awful boring games against the ducks and the kings were i don't i don't have the numbers off the top of my head but they they kicked us around for 60 minutes and we won four to one yeah no it was, was it four it was, to one or did we shut them out it was four to one. Oh, okay i'm looking at it right now they outshot us 41 to 27 they had five power plays yeah and they they had the puck for like the entire game and darcy kemper had 40 saves on 41 shots for a 976 and <laughs> it, are you noticing a pattern with darcy kemper here and just how good he is do not ever say mark andre flurry to me ever again i never yeah. want to hear it but getting back on track i want to see if how we respond to that king's team after how we played them last time i know we were exhausted the last time we played them but they're they're a team that this is the kind of game i talk about i'm not super impressed by a ton of their wins this is one where they're looking forward to it and they have us circled on the calendar because they still feel like they have something to prove and they want to put a lock on a playoff spot right now they're going to give you everything they have in this game so this is another important test this is a a team that's a little more defensively minded and but is is vulnerable and does not have the talent to compete with you if you can go into la and put in an impressive performance that's really all you can ask yeah it's all you can ask and i I think they're gonna do it i I really do i think they're gonna beat the shit out i agree especially now you're riding the momentum of of that win and the Kings are coming off two straight losses to the Sharks of all teams. Yeah, and they they're probably going to lose to the Panthers. Yeah. And they got, I, I haven't even looked, I forgot they were in playing. Yeah. They're right down now. two one in the third they're down two one right now. Who knows where that's going to go right now, but they got one out of four points against the Sharks and now are more likely than not going to drop this one to Florida. They're, they're going to be desperate for some points here to not lose four in a row while they're in a playoff hunt. But I think we are going to come out on top in this game, considering the momentum we're riding right now. But you, you, can't, so, take, you can't take the game off. No, can't take it off. But it should be it should be a big, big game. I think they will beat the shit out of them just because they kind of got their ass kicked last time. The Avs did. And they probably don't like that. And Nathan McKinnon's on a different level right now. So I, I think the Avs get it done. Um, and then you get two days off. Like, I don't know what's going on. The Avs are getting like multiple days off here. Like it's very weird to have multiple days off for the ads um, because they get multiple days off after this LA game and then play Friday against San Jose. So. Yeah. And then they have two more days off before they play Edmonton. And then it's 
uh, one a days for the rest of the month. Yeah. But enjoy the rest. Enjoy the practice time. Um, it's going to be a fun ride to the end. The abs are back. They're back. Everyone take a deep breath. We'll be good. But I got nothing else, man. Yeah. I mean, we can trade deadline stuff is still quiet. Nothing. Like uh, it's going to pick up soon here. I, we, I, we got a good fake out today with Arturi Lekkinen. Yeah. Like, oh, like he scratched at the last second. Is there a trade coming now? He has an upper body injury. Yeah. First one of the year, and then Andrew Cop got hurt too. So. Yeah, I was gonna. I just they just uh, brought that up again. That Cop took a hit against the Blues, and he he threw his helmet in the locker room as he was going. Boo. So uh, that puts a bit of a damper on someone that I really wanted the trade deadline if yeah. he is seriously hurt. So uh, it's just stuff to, keep, stuff to keep an eye on, yeah. I guess. But I mean, like we talked about in part one with the, the Landeskog stuff, if Landeskog does not come back for the regular season, you have that extra salary cap to maneuver with, with some moves. It's just, what is it going to be? Cause again, the main problem is not salary cap space. I, f- I feel like that's the biggest misconception with this Landeskog stuff, right? Like, Oh, it opens room with their tight cap space. The problem is not the cap. The problem is the assets. Yeah, we, we don't, don't we don't have like if we're trading a well, first, it's next year's first. We have the assets, we just don't want to move our two best assets and buy them a new hook. Right. <laughs> you know and what I mean? They're off, they're off the board. And unless you again, like I said this on Twitter, unless you are bringing back a top 10 player, bona fide elite player with term, you don't trade those guys. Least yeah. of all new hook, who is so fucking good. Yeah. And Byram. Is he, going to be good. Don't even say is, he's going to be good. Yeah. And I, I wasn't even going to say, I mean, like I, the only way is like as part of a package for an elite player is the only way I could accept that. Yeah. Everyone else I'd say is pretty much fair game to a certain extent. As much as I don't want to trade Justin Barron, if you get a, if you get a JT Miller in return for this playoff run and next season, I'm cool with that. You but make that pick. Did I, you see uh, Peter's, uh, article where he was suggesting maybe trading Berkey for Patrick Kane. I did not. Oh, he did. He said like a, who says no article. Oh, it means okay. no sources. Like there's no sources with it. He was just spitballing, but Why would I, I think you would, you would personally kill someone if that trade happened. Dude, someone your, or myself if that yeah happens, your favorite but, player gets traded for your least favorite player. That would suck. Uh, yeah. I don't know why the Blackhawks would do that. Berkey has one, he's on he's expiring as well yeah no that was just like i I saw peter did that and i was like oh i hope i wonder if griffin saw that yeah like i just don't think patrick kane's getting traded like not not even traded at this deadline i don't think they're trading him at all Eh, like not not even not even in the off season i just think they they're gonna think they had a bad season they have a new a quote-unquote new gm he was the assistant but i think they're gonna try to run it back for next season then he's a ufa and they're either going to let him walk, which they probably won't, or just sign him to another big deal. I, I just don't think the Blackhawks trade him. Just because his contract's running low doesn't mean he's getting traded. Yeah, it depends if he wants one. Yeah, it depends if he wants one, but it's not like he needs to win. He's won three. Yeah, that's true. He just wants money now. But yeah. And his family's already there. That makes a lot more sense now. He's already yeah. won. And plus, Patrick Kane's a piece of shit. I don't want him on yeah. my team. I don't care. Yeah. Like I see like, oh, he's a future Hall of Famer. You don't want him on your team? No, we, I don't. We're good enough. How mad would you be if Sidney Crosby came to the abs at the front? Sidney Crosby's at least like a good person. Yeah. I can tolerate Sidney Crosby not on my least favorite team and, and, and then moving to my favorite team. I can definitely tolerate Sidney yeah. Crosby under those okay. circumstances. Patrick is a genuine piece of shit. I don't want him on my team. Fair. Fair. 
I, I, you got to go check that out. Peter did tweet it out. You should go check that article out. I, I will do that when we're done here. So I don't have to yell into my microphone. Yeah. But yeah, man, great episode. I had a great time. Yeah, this, has been, really this has been great. I love winning so much. Yeah. You, can see, you can see the stark contrast yeah. from losing a game like that to Carolina. I mean, was there, what's the, really the difference between that Carolina game and this one other than luck? Yeah, nothing. Like we nothing. played great in both games. Carolina got a lucky bounce and we in that game and we gave Calgary nothing in the next one. This team's going to be fine. If they, if they play like this in the playoffs, they're going to go to the Stanley cup final. Like I can say that at very least, I mean, it won't be easy. Back, even just going back to the deadline for a second, look at the West. It sucks. You have to go for it. Is your top competition. And you just showed for the second straight time that when the chips are down, they don't have the talent to beat you. They do not have it. Like they're, they'll give you a fantastic series for sure. I tweeted during the game that seven game series between these two would be an all time classic, but when push comes to shove, you should be able to beat them every time. Then you look everyone else in your way. They're all struggling to an extent right now. Minnesota just lost again, this time to Nashville and they've, they're three and seven in their last 10 Vegas just lost their fourth in a row and points percentage wise are out of the playoffs right now. And Dallas is an up and down roller coaster. I mean, we're talking about the other biggest threat in the Pacific being the Kings. Edmonton is barely in the playoffs right now, points percentage wise. And St. Louis is five, three and two in their last several games. They lost an OT to the jets today and they have had their share of struggles recently as well. This conference sucks right now you gotta give yourself every chance you can get and then hypothetically saying you do get to the stanley cup final the east is a gauntlet like let let's just say it's tampa bay again representing the east that's a team that has been in the stanley cup final two years in a row and for with mostly the same team with not too much turnover and also just ran the gauntlet of the eastern conference having to play let's say Boston, Florida, and then whoever comes out of the Metro, then they got to go and play in the Stanley cup final. If you play them, you should be vultures circling around their corpse. And even if it's somebody else, like let's say it's the hurricanes, it is a, it's a gauntlet. Like I said, in the East, like let's say they got to get Washington in the first round. And as much as I don't love to give them credit because they drive me insane, they are a good team and have matched up with Carolina well so far this season. And then they probably have to get Pittsburgh or New York in the next round, but probably Pittsburgh. And then whoever comes out of the Atlantic, like it is just a gauntlet. There's so many teams that can come out of the East and they're going to be exhausted by the end of it you have to give yourself every chance you can get this year and i think they're going to they just the the trademark needs to play out right now there's no one to fucking get so we'll see but uh it's gonna be you have to go all in this year because this is the one i mean vegas is may miss the playoffs like that would be hilarious i mean like Um, that's what i mean like just look at how open this is the team that last year was neck and neck with you every sense of the way and was supposed to be again this year is currently out of the playoffs. Yeah. That is never going to happen again. They're 21 points back of you right now. Like you have to go for it. And I think they will. I really do. I, I think I, they get it done. If the right thing comes along, they will. If for whatever reason they don't get like a blockbuster trade, it'll be because it didn't make any sense and didn't materialize. Like that, 
That's it. I believe in Joe Sackick. I believe he's going to make the right moves. And I just, this team's so good. I cannot wait for the playoffs. I really can't. We're getting there, man. I need to see this. 21 21 games, man. I almost said 21 minutes, not 21 minutes. So playoffs, 21 games. So I, I, I use today as like a practice playoff game. Yeah, me too. Like I, I broke out my Jersey and I brought back my playlist from last year in the playoffs when I got really stressed out and just, I I practiced it all. I practiced at all my emotions for it. And you were feeling good, feeling good, Uh, but awesome, man. I had a great time today. That was a great This this is, this has been a, honestly, I had a lot of fun with this episode, even breaking it up into two parts. I didn't expect to have this much energy at midnight, but regardless, here we are. It's fun winning. Winning gives me energy. Winning solves all. Yep. So I got nothing else unless you got any other wisdom to throw my way. I got none. I never have wisdom, but yes, I got nothing. (laughs) All right. Good stuff. So we're going to wrap that up here. Thank you so much to everybody for tuning in. As always, if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow me at G Young's NHL. You can follow Christian at Christian underscore Belay, and you can follow the show at Tell It As It Is for live updates, giveaways, all that fun stuff, everything going on with the show. But that's going to do it for us on this edition of the Tell It As It Is podcast. Thank you so much once again for tuning in, and we will catch you all next time with hopefully some trades to talk about. Wishful thinking, I know, but hopefully something to talk about on that front. But we'll see you then. Have a great rest of your week.